Amen, 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 amen. You may be seated. I hope that you have brought your Bibles or at least your cell phone, iPad, or whatever it is that you have. I hope you have brought that to all of our guests that are joining us online. Thank you for joining us online. Amen. Let's welcome our guests tonight that are joining us online. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. I hope you were full of uh, chocolate-covered strawberries. If you were able to uh, have the opportunity to buy any of those from our students, they're raising money for um, Real McCoy. They want to give to move the mission, and uh, I believe it is uh, the youth center outside upstairs in the gym. Amen. If you get a chance, you can come by during the week and check out some new updates that we've had in the gymnasium. Uh, we're excited about that. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, the uh, memorial complex. I'll get that out. I gotta. I gotta start calling that the right thing. Amen. We are in the middle of a series. It will continue uh, on and on. I'm going to uh, conclude this uh, second part, if you will, next Wednesday. Next Wednesday, and then we will uh, see when we'll pick back up on that uh, at a later date. But um, we are going to continue tonight. Uh, we talked about uh, Paul gave five things that we are called to that we need to answer and um, we talked about a few of those last week and uh, we concluded where we are going to begin tonight a call to holy fear, a call to holy fear. So uh, you do not have to stand. I know that you honor and you uh, believe in honoring the word of the Lord, but you do not have to stand tonight. But we're going to go to 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to begin at verse 17. Amen. Say, I'm a chosen generation. Amen. Look at somebody and say, I'm a chosen generation. You got to believe that. Amen you got to believe that you are a part of a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You're a holy nation. Is anybody zealous, anybody excited about the things of God? I'm excited about what God's doing. I love it. I love it because I see old and new uh, children of God excited about the things of God. Amen? And I'm thankful for that. Let's have some zeal. Let's have some passion and some desire to see God do what he wants to do in this last and closing hour. I don't know about you, but I want to be a part of it. Amen? Amen. I want to be a part of it. 1 Peter chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, continuing our A Chosen Generation series, A Call to Holy Fear. And if you pray, I'm sorry, Siri, I'm, I'm trying to preach here. Would you shut your mouth? Goodness gracious. I'll tell you what. All, all interrupting. First Peter chapter 1, verse 17. We'll start again. <laughs> and if you call on the Father, who without partiality judges according to each one's work, conduct yourselves throughout the time of your stay here in fear, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold 
from your aimless conduct received by traditions from your fathers. But with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, he indeed was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you, who through him, through him believing in God, who, was ra who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith and hope are in God. Praise God. Lord, we thank you again for your word. Let our minds and our spirits, oh Lord, be open to your word this evening. Lord, let us give our attention to what you desire us to give our attention to. And Lord, I pray that specifically for every individual in this house tonight in Jesus' name. Lord, there are different places that we are in our walk with you. And Lord, I pray that every individual in this house would lend their heart, their mind, their spirit to you. And Lord, you would speak directly to every individual exactly where they are, that they may grow, Lord, that we may be what you desire us to be in this last, in this closing hour, in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. A chosen generation. Peter is continuing talking about the call to holiness, where the last call that we talked about last week, he's continuing to talk about the call to holiness and the conduct of a believer. Then he reminds us that it is, or that it was the blood of Jesus that redeemed us. And as a result, our faith and hope are in God. But in this discourse that we are having here, he tells the believer how they should conduct themselves in fear. Somebody say in fear. In fear. The fear of the Lord, in fact. How we must have this fear. Jesus mentioned this as well in Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10 and verse 28. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. What we've got to understand here is that there is a contrasting or contrasting fears that are presented in this verse. A spirit of fear and the fear of the Lord. This particular scripture that I'm going to read here in a moment became very popular. It's always been popular, but it became very popular during COVID times. You probably know where I'm going right now, but 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. So, we are not to fear man. We understand that. We are not to fear the future. And we are not to fear failure. We're not to fear man. Don't be afraid of man. Don't fear the future. And don't have fear of failure. That is a spirit of fear. We are not given a spirit of fear. We're not given a spirit that 
causes us to be afraid of man and afraid of the future and afraid of failure. But we do need to walk in the fear of the Lord. No, I don't want to be afraid of you and I don't want to be afraid of the future, what it holds. Although sometimes it can be very daunting. It can be overwhelming. Somebody say amen. amen. I can tell you just personally right now, I don't have fear, but I sure am wondering what's going to happen. I sure I, There's a lot of wonder that comes about in my mind of a morning when I begin to think about what is around the corner. But we are not to fear the future. We're not to fear men and failure. But we are to have, or to walk rather, in the fear of the Lord. I would that people at Truth Church that call Truth Church their home, people that serve in any capacity, people that that don't serve in any capacity. Maybe you just warm the pew and there's nothing wrong with that. I would to God that we would have a holy fear. I would that we would fear the Lord and have a reverence of the God that we serve. Amen? Amen. This is not to say that we are not to be afraid of God. Being afraid of God only happens when we have done something wrong, as we see in the beginning of the word of God where Adam and Eve, they did something wrong. And what did they do? They hid themselves. They, they went and sewed some fig leaves together and they, did, they got behind the bushes, if you will, and, and they were afraid. And so, yes, I do believe there needs to be that kind of fear because that is something that we need to have if we're trying to dabble into something we shouldn't be dabbling in or going in a place that we shouldn't go or, or participating in something we shouldn't participate in. Amen? I, I, you've heard it said before, people walk in the building and they're, oh man, I'm scared half to death. I, I don't, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about maybe you walk into a location or you hang out with somebody you shouldn't hang out with or you're participating in something or maybe watching something that you shouldn't watch, then I've I don't want the ceiling to fall in. I don't, and Jesus, I'm, I'm sorry, Lord. I don't want to, I, that's what I'm talking about. Amen. But those who have a fear of the Lord have nothing to hide. If we have a fear of the Lord, then we have nothing to hide because I, I reverence the Lord, so I'm not going to go where I don't need to go. I'm not going to say something that I don't need to say because I have a reverence and a fear of the Lord. I'm not talking about we don't make mistakes. and we have, But if you have a fear of the Lord, if you're walking in righteousness and truth and you're trying your best to live for God, then that word's not going to slip. Amen? 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 had a conversation with someone a long time ago and they were they said the statement they said you know I I believe God if he would uh I, I've, I've used this before some of you probably know where I'm going but it's back here right back here on this curb I was sitting there many many years ago probably 22 years ago I think it was and I'm sitting there and a person said that uh, uh it was just a discussion we were having and they said I, I believe if I was to say a bad word right now and God was to come back the next second that I'd still go to heaven. And I said, I don't believe that at all. 
yeah, man, he's a gracious God. I know he's a gracious God, but if you didn't repent for that word that you just said, and also, that's not even erasing the fact that it was already in your heart already. Amen? If you have a fear of the Lord, then you're going to, those things are going to be erased out of your mind. I'm not, I'm thinking on what I'm going to do when somebody stomps on my toe with their heel. I'm going to say, in Jesus' name that hurt. Or in Jesus' name heal my toe. I'm not going to spout off some four-letter word. Amen? That's a fear of the Lord. You're walking in the fear reverence. I'm reverencing God in everything that I do. Am I, er, no, nobody's saying anybody's perfect at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we need to walk in the fear of the Lord. There's, I have nothing to hide if I have a reverence for God and a fear of the Lord. Amen? Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken. Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Amen? For our God is a consuming fire. Paul shows two ways in which we are to serve God. With reverence, profound awe, and respect. We're, we, we need to serve him with rev, I reverence you. I, I, I'm, you are, wow. Woo, man. Oh, my. I reverence you. A profound awe and respect of our God. That's the first way. The second way is a godly fear. Dread inspired by something great and terrific. To strike with fear and reverence. To influence by fear, terror, or respect. They go hand in hand. The two go hand in hand. Reverence and godly fear. To answer the call to holy fear means to reverence and be in complete awe of God. To have an accurate view of who he is. He is, say it with me. A consuming fire. He is a consuming fire. We need to have that accurate view of who God is. He is a consuming fire. He is love and justice. This one is my favorite. He is jealous. He's jealous. That means he's not going to be second ever in your life and my life. There, there is no, there's no like one first place and first and a half place. He's first and that's it. He's not going to be second, third, fourth. He's jealous, so he wants to be first in our life. We need to have that reverence of him, a accurate view of who he is, to recognize him as holy. Now, I want everybody in the room. And if you're listening online or going to listen online, I want you to hear this one. we got to recognize him, recognize him as holy. Miss Lewis and my counselor in high school would have been mad at me because I just said that incorrectly. It's not recognize, it's recognize. Somebody say amen. amen. To recognize him as holy. Listen to this. Not to treat him as common. 
He's not common like you and me. Well, I don't think that's a big deal. That's what a common person would say. Amen? He's not like you and me. Well, you know, I, I don't know if God really cares about that. That's what a common person thinks. But a holy God does care about that. He's not common like you and me. Well, I don't, I don't think that that's a big deal. We got to recognize him as holy. And he's not like a human being on this earth that has an opinion about what we think's right and wrong in the Bible. He's holy. So there's things that you do not think that is right or things that you do think that's right that he has. No, it's totally different. He's not common. His ways, the Bible says, are above. They're beyond past finding out. You and I can't even grasp it. Amen? We don't understand it. But he does. And so therefore we have to treat him as such. He's not common. He's above. And it has to be not only that we treat him as not a common individual like a common man or a, as a peasant if you will we got to treat him as a holy god also we got to have the right actions and attitude toward him it can't be that pff, whatever that's not what the bible's saying no we got to go to scripture and then we got to get on our knees and we got to say holy god Show me, for I am common, for I am unclean, for I am undone. Show me in your powerful, unadulterated, infallible word. And go before him with the attitude of, I need you, Lord, to show me. I need you to direct me. And if it doesn't come, if it doesn't come chapter and verse, and it's not, it's not, well, I, you know, I'm not really sure. I know there's some things in there, but I just, it's not really, it doesn't say A, B, C, D equals, or A plus B equals C. So I don't, I'm not, still go before him with the attitude, Lord. It's, I, I believe, I see it, but I don't really understand it yet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to obey it until I understand it. Does that make sense? I'm going to obey it until I understand it. There's things that I have heard preached in my past that I didn't understand. And what I did do at first is I started to rebel from what was preached because I didn't understand it. I did. But then after study and after talking with people, that were open-minded to hear my questions and then begin to explain and show me and begin to teach me. And then I began to study it and got it for myself. Then I said, aha. But I could have said, whatever. That could have been my attitude. But I'm thankful that God began to convict my spirit. Amen? So I'm going to give you for an example. My sweet wife, and she wouldn't mind me talking about this because she said it before. My sweet wife, when she came back into the church from being uh, backslid for a little while, she made the statement, I will never stop cutting my hair 
I will never stop wearing my red lipstick, and I'll never stop wearing my pants. That's what she said. And her pastor told her, well, her pastor at the time, starting to be her pastor, said, you just come to church. And then she began to, I think it was Bible studies you went to on Wednesday nights, or I don't remember what nights it was. She would go to Bible studies. She learned. And then she began to study for herself. She began to dig in scripture, and she didn't have the attitude of whatever. I'm just talking about an outward thing. This is just a given example of recognizing him as holy. And he's not common. He's not like you. He doesn't have the same opinions as you. He, his are facts, and he knows the truth of everything. Amen. And your attitude, her attitude was, well, this is what I'm doing. But conviction came, and the word of God began to tenderize the heart. And her attitude was, Lord, show me. Nobody told her to do it. Nobody made her do it. She did it herself. Because she recognized that you're holy, and I need to let you teach me. And show me, and I gotta change my actions, and I gotta change my attitude, and I've gotta learn from your word, and I gotta learn from you. And she began to have a holy fear instead of putting her foot down, saying, Absolutely not, I'm gonna do this, and nobody's gonna change me. She started saying, Lord, you're gonna change me. You're gonna do something in my life. You're gonna help me and heal me and change me and do what you desire to do. Amen. To honor and adore him above anyone or anything else. To give him the praise and worship he deserves. To have no other God before him or idols. To give him all that belongs to him. All that belongs to him. Your time, your talent, your treasure. Your life. We are not our own. We have been bought with a price. Amen. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you are not your own. You've still been bought with a price. Amen. You may have not experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You may have not had your sins washed away in the waters of baptism. But ladies and gentlemen, you are a chosen generation. You are one that he wants to save and transform and renew, and you are not your own. You've been bought with a price. Somebody say amen. 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 To obey him. To obey him. To hate what he hates. To hate what he hates. And then to love what he loves God I gotta have a I've gotta have a fear a reverence what is having reverence that means that I need to hate what you hate and I need to love what you love to depart from evil in every sense through our words and our actions that's I'm, can I just be transparent here for a moment that's what I don't understand I've been filled with the Holy Ghost. I've been changed. But I still want to have the same actions. I want to talk the same way. I want to do the same things that I've always done. Then what we do not have or we do not possess is a true fear of the Lord. 
I'm going to walk the same walk. I'm going to do the same things I've always done. But there's absolutely no way that I can do that and have a fear of the Lord and a love for him, which we're going to talk about that in just a moment. I need to have a reverence. You need to have a reverence for the God that we serve. We live in a world that there's too many people that don't have a reverence and a fear of God. I would that we, as Truth Church of Denison, as this collective body, we would have a fear of the Lord God. Amen. Would you raise your hands for a moment and say, Lord, I want you to teach me how to fear you properly. Lord, I, I want you to show me how to have a reverence for you right now. In the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, I just want to take a moment right now. Lord, let us have a revival in our spirit and our hearts, a holy fear of a holy fear and reverence. Lord, there are those that come to the house of God. Lord, they sit on the pew, but Lord, they still they still say things they shouldn't say. Lord, they still do things they shouldn't do. Oh Lord, I'm asking right now that you would allow there to be a holy fear, a revival of a holy fear in their life. In the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. This is something that I'm going to talk about more, especially with our dream team. Coming up here shortly, we, we sign an honor covenant. And on that honor covenant, there are some things that, that we want you to work towards. We want you to live, live this way, not because Truth Church wants you to do that. We want you to live that way because this is what the Word of God teaches. And we want your relationship to, to blossom and grow and begin to move away from what you used to do and start moving in the direction that he wants you to live. And the way to do that is to make sure that you have a holy fear and a reverence of God. If you've been baptized in Jesus' name and been filled with the Holy Ghost, then there must be a reverence. There must be an awe and a respect and there must be when you walk in a certain place or you go to a certain place or you're around some of the same people that you used to hang around with. There needs to be a reverence in you that says, I'm different. God, you're watching me. Your eyes are on me. It doesn't matter if Pastor Darren's there or not. It doesn't matter if your family leader's there or not. You all by yourself. Kind of meddling here a little bit, but I just felt the pressure to do so by the Lord, I believe. I don't know why I'm just doing it. But we need to be able to put our feet flat on the floor and say, Lord, I'm going to live how you want me to live, whether I'm by myself or whether I'm with everybody else. I'm not going to say those things. I'm not going to have those actions. I'm not going to participate in that. Why? Because I reverence you and I'm thankful that you've saved me from this untoward generation. I'm, say, I'm thankful, Lord, that you washed me and made me clean. And I'm an, I am a new creature in Christ. Old things have passed away and behold, all things have become new. Amen. His word must be real in our spirit and our heart. Amen. I'm hurrying. I'm hurrying. 
7.36, I got some time. A call, another call. There's five of them. We will only get to two tonight. We'll end with the fifth one next week. But a call to heartfelt love. A call to heartfelt love. First Peter, First Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 22. I'm reading in the New King James Version. I'm doing that because I believe it's, it's, there's some understanding there that can you can glean from, some of the wordage there. But I encourage you, read it in the King James Version. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible through the word of God which lives and abides forever. Because all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as the flower of the grass. The grass withereth and its flower falls away. But the word of the Lord endures forever. It abides forever. Now this is the word which by the gospel was preached to you. Again, Peter remarks about this great gift of salvation that we have received. He said, it's purified our soul. It purifies our soul in obeying the truth, meaning we were saved or born again. Has anybody been saved? Amen. Has anybody been born again? Amen. Amen. I'm thankful that I have been born again. No, I didn't enter into my mom's womb again. I was born again of water and of spirit. And as a result of being born again of water and spirit, we are to love the brethren. Christians love, or a Christian's love should have three characteristics. This is what I believe Truth Church is centered around. It's, I, I really do. It's something that I want us to be centered around. And we try to try our best to make sure we do it on a, on a weekly basis. I have uh, Sister Amen right here. Hospitality. I'll get it out in a minute. Yes. Melton, thank you very much. Sister Melton, she makes sure. She makes sure that we are intentional about this. But we need to have a sincere love. We need to have a sincere love. Christian love has three characteristics and the first is sincere. Somebody say sincere. sincere. This means it is not it is not hypocritical. Romans chapter 12 and verse 9 says, "Let love be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Love with hypocrisy isn't real love at all. It's fake and it's phony. Amen? I want to have a real love. I want to have a real love toward you. And I, when I say I love you, God, I want to have a real love for God. Amen? I don't want to say, I love you, God, on Sunday morning, and then I'm going to go 
smoke a doobie and hang out with the dudes and do whatever I want to do. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, is doobie still, is that still a thing? It's I live like hell on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. But I love you, Jesus, on Sunday. It boggles my mind. I have friends that are in the world, if you will, as well. I see them as well, but man, they love Jesus. They're Christians, and I'm not, I am not bashing them at all. It just, I don't understand that. The Bible tells me to come out from the world and to be separate and not to touch the unclean thing. Amen? I can't look like, act like, be like, participate in those things that are unclean. Amen? So it boggles my mind. I, I don't comprehend it because I judge it, not the individual, I judge the action by the word of God. And when I judge the action by the word of God, I'm like, I can't do that. I don't know how they can do that and say I'm a Christian. Amen. Love with hypocrisy isn't real love at all. It's fake and phony. Hypocritical love shows love to your face. And then it talks about you behind your back. Hypocritical love says words and actions it doesn't mean we but, but but we are called rather to real sincere love i want to have a real sincere love let love be without hypocrisy abhor what is evil cling to what is good i love you god Let's show him that we love him in our actions. Let's show him that we love him. When we are standing before our friends that are not baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost, stand flat-footed, be a real man, be a real woman, and say, or don't say, and just let your actions speak I'm not going to participate. I'm not going to be a part of that. Why? Because I love my God too much. I love him with a real love. Amen? Amen? I love him with a real love. I, there's, there's a real love inside of me. There's no hypocrisy in me. I hate, I abhor, I don't like the things that are evil, and I cling to the things that are good, that are wholesome. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Amen. The second characteristic is fervent or stretchy, if you will. Fervent. Fervent is a physiological term that means to stretch. To stretch to the furthest limit of a muscle's capacity. 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 8 says, And above all things have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. This love stretches past wrongdoings. This love stretches past disappointments or disagreements. Oh, praise God. If you listen to this online, if you listen to this again later, I want you to hear this. This love offers mercy and grace 
This love is gracious in offering forgiveness. This love doesn't keep records of wrongdoings. It's a stretchy love. It's a fervent love. The second characteristic is a fervent, a stretchy love. I gotta, that's, if I'm going to be a Christian, i got to have a stretchy kind of love. Amen? That means if you've done wrong, I'm not going to write you off. What I'm going to do is I'm going to stretch. He's done it for you and he's done it for me. Amen? I'm thankful. I am thankful that he loves me so much and he loves you so much because I have failed him time and time again. But his love reaches to the highest mountain. His love, it reaches to the lowest valley. I'm thankful for the love of Jesus Christ. It gives us an example of how we as Christians should love. And the third, the third characteristic of a Christian is shaped by the word of God. Through the word of God which lives and abides forever. John chapter 13 and verse 34. A new commandment I give to you. That you love one another. Not unfamiliar to us. Love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. By this all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. This world that we live in. It doesn't define love. The sitcoms don't define love. The tabloids do not define love. But this word, the word of God does. We have seen it time and time again. We have seen the world define love, if you will, or try to define love. And people have tried to live by what the world has defined as love. And when that happens, when that is what takes place, when we partake of that or live by that, then, then there's failure. Then there's catastrophic things that happen. But if we would allow the word of God to show us what true love is, let it define what true love is, Oh, how much more ahead we would be. Amen. This love, this love accurately is on display for the world to see. And it speaks of the fact that we are followers of Jesus Christ. When we have love one for another. Ladies and gentlemen. I want to be a true Christian. I want to be a Christian that lives how the word of God wants me to live. We must remind ourselves over and over again that we are a chosen generation. And if we're a chosen generation, then we have to live like a chosen generation. What is the point, Pastor Darren, of going through a chosen generation? What is the point of, stutter, uh, of studying these scriptures? Because... I don't want us to be a Christian by term. 
I want us to be a Christian by action, true action that is backed up by the word of God. And I don't, I don't mean this disrespectfully to anyone out there. I don't, I don't mean this to disrespectfully to anyone in this room. But we use the word Christian so frivolously. We just throw it out there. I'm a Christian. Are we? Do we have these characteristics? Do we live by these things? Do we have a sincere spirit and heart? Do we have whore evil? Do we cling to things that are good? Or do we just do it on Sunday morning? Do we watch things and participate in things and listen to things? Are we around things? Do we hang out with certain people that pull our old ways back out? Amen? And we just jump right in and do it, but then here comes Wednesday and Sunday, and we're back on the straight and narrow. Pastor Darren wasn't with me. My family leader wasn't there. None of my friends that are at church knew I was there. We've got to be real Christians, ladies and gentlemen. It's hypocrisy. If we do something else, and God's not going to bless that. I want to be blessed personally. I want this church to be blessed. And if I can just be very pointed right now, don't think you don't matter. Do you remember the story about sin being in the camp? Do you remember the story when they, they picked up the, the blanket or whatever it was, the rug in their tent and buried it? Achan buried it underneath that rug? There was sin in the camp. And it didn't just affect him and his family. It affected everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, let's come out from the world and be separate. Let's not touch the unclean thing. Let's, let's abhor and hate evil and cling to things that are good. Let's have that fervent and stretchy love that we will. Man, we see somebody that's broken that we don't point our fingers. What in the world? I don't know. Can't believe you do stuff like that. No. Hey, come into the Father's house. We're here. We're sinners too. We are we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Let's work toward serving Jesus together. Let's be real Christians. Let's disciple somebody. Amen. And let's live our life that's holy and acceptable, that's shaped by the Word of God. That the Word of God commands and teaches and shows us how to live. Would you stand to your feet? Praise God. Would you grab your neighbor's hand or somebody you're familiar with and would you just say it with them, I'm a chosen generation. I want you to lift your hands to Jesus Christ. If you're joining us online, I want you to lift your hands in your living room or if you're driving, I just want you to pray. In the name of Jesus Christ right now, Lord, let us accept that we are a chosen generation. Lord, let us accept it and let us begin to live how you desire us to live, O oh Lord. You want us to live as true followers of you, true Christians, Jesus. We want to be Christians that are not living how this world desires us to live. We don't want to have a love how this world defines us to have a love, oh Lord. We want a true love in the name of Jesus Christ right now. 
I'm wanting there to be a revival of a true love for you and your kingdom and your word in the name of Jesus, Lord. Those that have that issue, those things of the past, Lord, let them forget those things which are behind them and press towards the mark in the name of Jesus right now. Let us, Lord, as a unified body of Christ, those that are here, Lord, those that are listening online, oh Lord, or watching online, let them have a heartbeat. I want to be a God-centered Christian. I want to be a Word of God-centered Christian. I want to live by faith, oh Lord. I want to live by faith and not by sight. I want to walk in truth and walk in righteousness and walk in victory in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, let us be a people that bears one another's burdens, that so fulfills the law of Christ. And Lord, I pray this prayer. Lord, I have felt it in my spirit. There are others that have felt it in their spirit as well. Oh Lord, those that have studied and, and sought the face of God about it, I am asking right now that we would be unified, oh Lord, in this effort to be a chosen generation. Be unified in this effort, Lord, to have a, a reverence for you and a love for you. And Lord, we want to keep your commandments, oh Lord. We want to walk in your statutes. We want to abhor the things that are evil and gross that are of this world in the name of Jesus. Lord, I believe if we'd start doing that, oh God, according to your word, we'd start seeing prayers answered that we prayed about for years, oh Lord. I believe we'd start seeing miracles that we prayed about for months and years in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're a chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. We're a holy nation. Lord, I believe it, and I don't want to just state it as a victory chant, but Lord, I want to see it come to pass. We are a chosen generation in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus Christ. Would you clap your hands under the Lord? Praise God, praise God, praise God. Next Wednesday, next Wednesday I'll conclude this second part. And I believe it's something that we as a body of Christ, everybody in this building. I, again, I said it last week. I'm going to say it again. I beg you to be back. I beg you to endure it. I'm trying my best to be a good teacher. I'm not the best, but I'm trying my best to be a good teacher. But I want you to be back. And the reason I want you to be back is this is something that I, it's kind of our theme, if you will, for the year. Press towards the mark together. We are going to talk about a call to healthy growth. Amen. Amen. It's something that we must answer. It's something that we must say, yes, I'm going to do that. I am committed to growing how God wants me to grow. I'm going to tell you what Pastor Darren doesn't want to see. I don't want to see anybody that's stagnant. Well, I got the Holy Ghost back in 1921. You're probably not here if that's been that long. But it's that mentality. I got the Holy Ghost a long time ago. I got baptized in Jesus' name. And as long as I come to church and just slip my hand every now and then, as long as I come to the altar, when Pastor Darren says, come to the altar, and I just stand there for a few minutes, I'm okay. That's not healthy growth. I believe somebody said it a moment ago, you need to stir up the gift that's in you. Let the Holy Ghost be stirred up. If you hadn't talked in tongues, you need to talk in tongues. You need to be full of the Holy Ghost. Well, I did it that one time back in 1965. 
ladies and gentlemen. Be full of the Holy Ghost. You need to go before the Lord in prayer. You need to seek his face. You need to make sure that you are living by the word. That's why we have to. The Bible says, I'm, I'm going to be, I'm not going to have you raise your hands. But if we don't hide the word in our heart, I, I'm going to just, I'm going to say it this way. I'm not putting words in the word of God. I'm just saying this is what it should also say along with it. Okay? If we don't hide the word in our heart, you're guaranteed that you're going to be a sinner that sins all the time. Because the Bible says, hide the word in your heart that you might not sin. I mean, if we're trying to be Christians and we are hiding the word in our heart, there's still a good chance that we're going to mess up and sin. But you're guaranteed for sure, no doubt about it, we're going to sin if we're not hiding the word in our heart. I don't care if you read it out of the book. I don't care if you put your phone on your shoulder and listen to it. I don't care if you have it playing in the car. You need to have the word coming into your life on a daily basis. How can we be a church or a people of the word? I believe it was Brother Drew Galloway that challenged our church. If we do not read the word of God, how can we call ourselves people of the word? How can we even pretend to be a Christian? We can't. We can't. We've, I want to be true Christians. I want to be a true church of the word of God. Amen? I don't want to just preach the Bible. I want to read the Bible. I want the Bible to teach me and show me and guide me and produce something in me. You see, you don't see things in yourself, and I don't see things in myself, but when I begin to read the word of God, I get the mind of Christ. And I begin... Well, God sees that in me. I am a chosen generation. I am a royal priesthood. I, I am a holy nation. Man, I'm going to, my life is going to show forth the things of God. All the time. I don't see that in me. But God does. And that's why he wants us to put this in our spirits and our hearts. Lord, we thank you once again for your word tonight. Cover us all in your precious blood. Lord, from this platform where I stand behind this holy desk all the way to our sound and lighting and media booth. Lord, from left to right, in the hallways where our safety team is, in the name of Jesus, upstairs with true kids and true students, in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, let us desire to live for you wholeheartedly. We are a chosen generation. We are a royal priesthood. We are a holy nation. And God, we are going to do our very best. We're going to be careful, Lord, to do our very best, oh Lord, to follow you, to live by your word, to have a, a reverence for you, to have a true love for you and for others. In the name of Jesus, we honor you and we give you praise. And Lord, we are sure to give you praise with our life and our actions. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. Amen. Praise God. Give him a hand clap of praise.